0: morning everyone welcome back to both sides of the fence with me Casey oh yes I am back I am back it's been a long time I understand (laughs) I must firstly apologize definitely I um, did say that this would come out about two weeks ago but um, the plague caught me not the COVID plague but hay fever cold and a science infection at the same time knock me out for six and also work's been pretty hectic so you know it's been a busy few weeks but i'm back let's get straight to it how have you been i hope you're all doing well and safe um the weather is picking up it's being beautiful and then crazy at the very same time (laughs) i mean it's great considering you know we can now get outside and meet our friends and family again and i hope you're all doing so in a safe manner Without fear and worry about catching the dreaded COVID or spreading it around to our loved ones, and I think we should all be very cautious but safe as we study along, moving this next progression of the pandemic. Um, yeah, let's just keep it at that. <laughs> um, funny enough, since I've started work again, I've really got back into tea. I mean, I I never used to. I mean, I was always into tea, but. Kind of stopped when I got into coffee. It came, it became my uh, my own little paramour, and now I've, I'm sitting here with a nice cup of tea, and I've got to say I'm loving it. It's always, always, you know, best way to start a morning after a night shift. So yes, let's talk about America, shall we? It's one small step for man, one giant leap. So what is america what do we think of when we hear the word america do we hear do we picture the image of you know stars and stripes bald eagle fireworks explosions M- M- michael bay all that stuff do we picture the, <laughs> the cartoons of you know clip from the simpsons yuck, yuck, the hillbilly hellbilly is all last style or do we picture the um recent political turmoil of mr danny j trump and his other band of cronies and all the mess has happened america is a very complicated creature it's a very bizarre country in the in the extent that it's just so unlike any other country on this planet and but but let me just say i do know I, i do understand we do have american audiences listening to this show so this is definitely not an insult to you guys. I love America. I always have. You're a fantastic country, but I'm saying you you must admit you are quite a bizarre country sometimes. Whether it be the Florida man jokes or the rambunctious size of your food and your culture or the way you like to do things fast and without thinking. But yeah, I digress. <laughs> um, I think the past year has definitely really shown off I mean, America's in a bad place right now. I, I would say it, definitely. It's in a really bad place. And it's just... I don't know. It's in a really convoluted place of... Essentially two nations, in my in my point of view. Hence the title of this podcast. It's, it's drifting apart into... Not just two camps, but two different countries. With completely different ideals. Completely different agendas. And we have seem to reach a point where both parties just can't even talk to each other about hating on each other. And, you know, this whole conspiracy theory talk that you hear some people say about a civil war, I mean, even though that's not going to happen, it's just, you know, the sensibilities are too, are too greater nowadays, but it is behaving like a civil war. To the extent like, both, part, both sides of the party, both sides of the nation, really can't stand the other. And it's interesting, to say the least, to be an observer because i think over here in britain thankfully we are not in the same well okay we're not completely in the same place as they are i mean obviously our our parties are very split are very different but right now one is certainly trumping the other but people don't tend to talk about it that much unless you're really into it whereas over there it seems to be just the only thing people talking about nowadays And it's both upsetting and not really surprising, given that this year we've seen just an explosion of counterculture towards the status quo. With, you know, Black Lives Matter protests, the George Floyd verdict, hence the title again, the pandemic really just eroding society, um, both home and away. And it's uh, definitely opened up an argument more of an insight really, I'm not, I'm not really in a good mood today, I'm still quite tired, about um, where America's going, why, what started all this division, and is there a way to get past it, and hopefully I think I'll be able to explain it in a way that people who aren't so interested in it or aren't really aware of it might get some sort of idea, Because I know that, I think particularly in Britain, it's not, we don't engulf ourselves in American politics. It's not our thing. You know, we tend to be like, oh, not again. We hear the words, or we hear the words, Twitter, we're oh, not again. So, I mean, because I think this, particularly for me, being on furlough for 100 days, I definitely got myself enamoured into American history and politics. I've read several books, podcasts, shows. Believe me, I'm all in it. And I, I say, I, might, I will recommend a few things as we go along. Um, and I think I've come up with a good insight that would explain it in a way, in a way that I think anyone can understand it. This is definitely, definitely going to be, hopefully, um, bipartisan, which means both parties. Um, I'm going at this the way that Attenborough goes it, with neutral. But occasionally, I might spar into a few passionate <laughs> riffs if something really... Triggers me, which a few of you people know isn't very hard to do. But let's get started, shall we? As in, let's get started. <laughs> when Neil Armstrong first landed on the moon, the image of America was never at a greater place. The image of the flag on the moon itself, the astronauts bobbing around in their, in their white, gleaming spacesuits. And the voice of Neil Armstrong buzzing around to half a billion people on their television sets in 1969. America was, it was just, it it was probably the peak. I mean, it was the epitome of Americanness. And it's just, that I think from then on, it kind of went up and down, up and down. And I think we're at this point now where it's just collapsed or collapsing. Not to sound negative, but I think it's just the way it looks right now. Um, See, so yeah, let me get started to a few things I've gotten myself into. So first off, a book here um, by Howard Zinn, a very prominent Democrat uh, historian and activist. Again, people would know that's not my type usually, but like I said, I'm being I'm being neutral in this matter. And he wrote a book called The People's History of the United States. It's a very thick book. Honestly, it's like a brick, and it's all the way from Columbus to Clinton. And it basically details the history of America, a history that's not usually talked about. So it's not all gung-ho, gung-blazing, crossing the Delaware, fireworks, in America, 4th of July, not the stuff. This one instead really delved into the working class divisions and their origins of the parties and the party behaviours. And then that really got me started off on just really seeing the differences because both both sides really got their way around the verdict of George Floyd which I know by now is an old story but this this is a a republished story so it's going to be a bit old but when this when the verdict happened and when it was still going on the case was still going on both sides media outlets told completely different stories, and they never shared a single narrative. If you were on the right, on the Republican side, it was all about discrediting the prosecution. It was all about discrediting the story, discrediting George Floyd, discrediting every aspect of it. They were never, like, maybe, off obviously, not all of them, but I think majority of them were critical of the whole situation. And it really obviously didn't help the matter, particularly when you think that everybody who watched that side of the story never got the other side of the story, and vice versa. Meanwhile, the side of the left, the Democrats, obviously had like CNN, MSNBC, Twitter, Facebook, all those outlets told the other complete side of the story, where they got to a point of even martyring George Floyd, which we'll get into later on, but They martyred him to a point that he was sacrificed for the greater good of police brutality and and police reformations. And it was always like to the point where they they kind of just took his side from day one. And that he was, the policeman was guilty, 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 guilty. Never staying, never striding towards being critical or even logical in some extreme circumstances. Where they were just like, nope. no. No, he he definitely did it. He's guilty. The man's guilty. Why are we, Why are we still talking about this? He's guilty. And it's definite. And it just sent the no other message to the ones who watched those that sort of outlets, so particularly the younger generations, the not so traditional generations, the immigrant generations. They were the ones who got that side of the story, and when you when you can really understand the magnitude of the power of what these media outlets have in regards to the population, is literally a line split between a nation of who hears what story. And I got into quite an argument with someone near and dear to my heart about this when when the first thing happened, because I obviously wasn't on the side of martyr, guilty, 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 from the very straight start. I was very critical, of George Floyd, I was critical of the whole situation. Obviously the policeman was guilty, but guilty of what? And that's what I was trying to get my head around. That's what I was trying to explain to this person. And their reaction was very much what I was expecting in a very much the whole sort of, not guilty, 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 but pretty much they were very emotionally invested in it. They were very emotionally invested in the whole situation and as a result, it didn't end well, and I think upon, upon realising that, I realised that whatever I said, did, or thought wasn't going to help the situation, so I had to really change my way of doing it, which obviously which still hasn't happened, but you know, it hasn't, my opinion hasn't changed, but I do understand that there's a point now where both sides will not reason, there's no reasoning, between the Democrats and Republicans. I'm not saying she's a Democrat, I'm not saying I'm a Republican, but that's uh, that's the way it is, I'm afraid. And if you look at the way that Twitter handles nowadays, where Twitter is basically dominated by the left-wing media and the left-wing audiences, and the right-wing on there are ostracised to the point of where they're basically being kicked out because they have different opinions. And then on the other side you've got Fox News, you've got the, the former president, you've got all the other outlets that they have, particularly with YouTube, particularly with Parler, and they're telling their side of the story. But their side of the story tends to be a lot more towards anger in the in the current situation of things, which you can understand, I can understand, when it comes to the whole era of cancel culture, political correctness gone raving mad, as it has, it absolutely has, and the whole idea of woke America. And it's definitely led them to a path of complete narrowness towards like, this is wrong. This can't happen. There's never dialogue between both sides because both sides are just literally at this point shouting into a mirror. And they're not talking to each other, which is really shifting apart what America has uh, really been, really has become. So getting back to this book, and um, there's a part in it that explains the origins of both parties, and it became about during a time of massive immigration change in America, towards the end of the 19th century, at a point where America was sort of getting up on its feet in the world stage, not at not that point yet, but they were getting there, and they will become very attracted, well, attractive to the as we all know from the statue of liberty and the plaque it says there you're you're tired you're poor you're hungry and these lot came from impoverished parts of the world mainly in europe mainly in ireland they all came round and through their own experiences of being prejudiced towards or against by um i wouldn't say natives but the more you know uh, past people who have been in america so english against irish Irish against Scottish, Germans against French, it's all that sort of situation. But through that came about the um the parties of America. And it's very much the idea of Republicans are traditionalists. They are staunch traditionalists. They are the ones who don't want to change things. They want to conserve the identity, the fabric of America that they see, that their parents saw, what their grandparents saw what their great grandparents fought for etc cetera, et cetera, and it's a very christian based environment it's very much a uh america is a christian country america is a godly country and so because of that you would get the typical conservative behavior that you would see so um it kind of changed towards gay marriage obviously that's just modern sensibilities for you but the whole idea of abortion the whole idea of immigration, the whole idea of a strong border, a strong military, and just a strong image that's what they stand for, which, for a lot of people is very appealing because it's the way it's been it 's the way it always has been. but then the other side of the was a group who were the ones who were the immigrants who arrived in America, they created the democratic party, and this party is the party of Again, immigrants this is the party—not the party of immigrants, but it's the party who were created by people who see themselves as the embodiment of change, and the change, and the fact is that change must come, and it must come swiftly. It must come fast, and things can't stay the same as it once were. Hence, why we see a lot of nowadays politics involving the whole idea that Democrats are heavily pro, uh, pr- pro-abortion. They're um, pro-identity politics, pro-identity fluidity. Um, Quite anti-religious in a way, because it's not traditional in their way. It's not something that's important, I think, in their hindsight. And it's very much the whole idea of that what happened in the past was not okay. What happened in the past was not us, we can do better. And then that phrase obviously became more prominent, we can do better. And so so on and so forth, and then of course throughout history, you know, with the whole um, slave trade and the whole embodiment of you know uh, religious America and the whole Great Expansion, Manifest Destiny, that that whole thing, that whole that whole riff came about from that. And then you had obviously when it came to the, the Civil War, it was very much Union. Oh were more republican and the secessionists, the separatists, were more democratic. Now obviously I'm not saying both sides were that but that's how they behaved. Now when it came to the confederacy they were fighting for slavery, they were fighting for slave rights. Obviously they're, they're, they were fighting for more than slave rights because when you look at the states, they were these were the poorer states, the ones who were obviously looked down upon, whose trade they relied on Cotton plantations who were run by well not run by slaves but worked by slaves. Whilst the morph the Union ones they were more abolitionists not necessarily abolitionists but they were more of the whole idea that we don't need slaves anymore. That work the workers don't necessarily need to be slave slave owners slaveholders, and ironically I wasn't really aware of this but I think given my millennial mindset. I always thought the Republicans were the evil, greedy Grinches of the world. You know, the the um, what's his name? I forgot. That's complete brain fart right there. What's his name? Um, Scrooge. That's the one. <laughs> complete Scrooge is like you know the oh, money, money, money kind of people, and the Democrats were these holier than vowel civil activists. But ironically, I was no. But actually, when it came to the whole idea of slavery. And slave trade. Republicans were for the abolition, and the Democrats were more against the abolition. I wasn't aware of this. I was completely put put, put away by this. But that's what actually how it worked out. And when you find out that, that Abraham Lincoln was actually a Republican, you kind of go, "Whoa, wow, really? That's and that's that's not what I was expecting to see at all." And then just reading from that, of course my whole my way to i revolve more into more i wanted i wanted to see how both sides ticked how their brains work so i got into um obama's biography via audible which i can fairly recommend if you're into that sort of thing a promised land um and in the audible version he actually speaks it so it's a great bonus because he's, I, I personally think he's one of the coolest presidents. He's very smooth talking, very smart, and when if th- and I think personally he's a breath of fresh air when you compare to the bruteness that was Trump. Um, and then reading, listening to his story, and listening to what he believes the Democrats stand for, and what their idea of America is, it was very different, and it was very much I can see where he was coming from. Because if you think about it, the Democrats, or the, the Democratic Party, if you look at, so for example, if you look at their representatives nowadays, their Congress women and men and their senators, a lot of them are, it's, very, it's a very diverse party. Now you could, you could, whilst the more extreme ones would say, well they're just doing it just to look good. But when it actually comes to it, the majority of them are immigrants, or fathers, or sons, or daughters of immigrants. And their whole generation comes back from being in other countries and so when you look at their mindset if you go if you go into their brains for a second you do see that actually why would they hold on why would they have this mindset of a godly America why would they have the why would they have the same mindset that the ones who have lived there for hundreds of years lived there sorry for hundreds of years beforehand it's not their history it's not their traditions so why would, they, why would they embody it? And that kind of obviously made sense. Because it's just like, well, yeah, because if they weren't born here, there, keep saying here, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in America, I'm in Berkshire. When, when, you're, when you're not born there, you're not going to be as attached to it as the other side is. So obviously you're more tailored to more changing it for your benefit or for your other people's benefit. Which obviously made sense to me and then um looking back towards the other side and how much they're very passionate very passionate which i can respect to what, obviously to well passionate to the point of being stubborn of where nothing can change where the republicans can't allow change in any aspect in any i in any Even the most minute of change can't happen. It's very much the idea of it's our America, it's our story, it's not their story. If they don't like it, they can leave. And that doesn't really help the situation, obviously, does it? And it's very much, I wouldn't say it's selfish. I would say it's just, it's very conflicting from both sides. And you can see both sides can't really get along. Which is odd because they've been getting along for generations upon generations and you got to think why is it now why now have they come to loggerheads again and I think honestly it's social media it's social media and just the approach that they have towards everything and anything so when you look at Say I think the more pressing issues at hand when it comes to cancel culture, wokeism. I call it wokeism because it is religion, but the same. Wokeism, cancel culture, political correctness, identity politics, the progression of LGBTQIA plus. So I keep forgetting how many are there, and their advancements, and so on and so forth. And then you can. I mean, with that side, I mean. The 60s had a, a similar vein of progression. What if the Vietnam War going on and it had you know civil rights going on at the same time? It was a very brutal time and there was definitely a lot more confliction then. But if you look at it back then, the overall narrative of the country was still traditional. It was very much no one questioned it. As in, no one in the media questioned it. It was very much on the bottom ground. It was very much the, the boots on the ground were the activists who were the ones chanting change, chanting for an end to the war, enter the draft, et cetera, et cetera, But nowadays, everyone's got a voice. Everyone's got a voice. Everyone's got a platform, including yours truly. <laughs> but everyone's got a platform. Everyone's available. Everyone's mind is available to be heard. But with all these different studios and companies running the different parts of the, of the TV network over in America, uh, it's come to a point where literally one side would only listen to one part and the other side would only listen to the other part. Because obviously every single town, city, village in America obviously has both sides living close to each other. But because they're only listening to one source, one source for one, one source for the other, Obviously, they're not gonna, they're only gonna get one side of their story. So, when it came to the verdict, and you saw that, so um, Derek Shalvin was charged with what was it, second degree manslaughter, third degree murder, felony murder, and you saw people in the streets chanting and they were like celebrating it. They were celebrating that a man was being charged, that a man was being put to prison. For the rest of his life. And they were literally crying in the street. Very odd behaviour. It was very odd. But I can understand why they would be so passionate about it. But the other half were were furious. Some of them obviously weren't. Because again. I'm not saying he wasn't guilty. He was guilty. Of murder. No. Because I don't believe it was intentional. But that's just my opinion. But then the other side were furious. Fox News were furious. The YouTubers were furious. They were all very much, this is the end of justice in America. This is the end to civilization in America. They were going that quite extreme. They were. They really were. And then, of course, you saw the other side, the Democrats who were rushing to reform police change. The whole defund the police nonsense, the whole um, element of police, to a point of police discrimination. And the fact now that we see that in blue states, so the Democrat states, police are quitting at an alarming rate because they just can't hack it anymore. They can't hack the, not- the notion of losing their money, losing their funding, being blamed for literally every single thing that happens. And this is the thing. So we see whenever whenever someone is shot by police, it's always on on American TV. But again only both sides will tell different sides of the story and recently one side will actually ignore a lot of stories so I'm just going to be honest here because I'm being impartial the democrats and their democrat run um to like CNN MSNBC and late night talk show hosts they were the ones who actually they were actually ignoring a certain story that didn't fit their narrative. Now, I know that sounds very 1984-ish, but it actually happened. So, particularly when it came to um, when Makia Bryant, I think that's her name, um, the lady who got shot by police while trying to stab someone, in open, just completely out of the blue, um, people were defending it. The extremes of the left on the, on that side, the blues, were almost defending it, saying that, oh yeah, people always play with knives, why are you doing this? I know that sounds like a mental argument, but that's actually, if you look it up, that's legit what happened. People were defending it, they were actually saying, no, this is police, police brutality again, there was gun-ho, gun-trigger-happy police. When in reality, she was about to stab someone in in public. And the policeman and responsible at the time obviously had no choice but to, you know, get involved and save this woman's life. Ultimately, and unfortunately, by shooting her. But this just the eruption on both sides, and that they were just always at loggerheads of each other. They were saying, oh, the evil Republicans, all the mental Democrats. And it's just coming to loggerheads, and the fact is, it's really tearing that beautiful nation apart. It really is. I mean, I'm very fortunate that, at least in my beautiful country, Great Britain, It's not necessarily as bad. I mean, obviously, there are parts of it. Like, of course, we do have our fervent Labour supporters. We do have our our fervent Conservative supporters. I favour the blues. A lot of people favour the reds. But at the same time, I can live with someone who is not of my persuasion, that persuasion, and hopefully they can live with me too. I'm not that sort of person who would, you know... I don't shove it in their face unless they're wrong about it. I'm just saying, I like I like an argument when I can have it. I'm just saying. But a lot, but... For the past 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, we've always lived with different ideologies. We've always gotten along to a degree. We've always gotten along with that OK, yeah, he thinks this way, I think this way, but we're still, you know, we're still human beings, we're still friends, we can still enjoy our lives. So I think, personally, in my opinion, this is my own observation... My political persuasion is not shared by basically anyone in my family, anyone in my friend group, and anyone I really know, really. Uh, Back in my old work there were a few, back in my current work now there are probably a couple, but I literally don't know anybody apart from maybe one or two people in my circle who actually think the way I think. That doesn't mean I get angry about it. it doesn't mean I, I, you know, I stomp around going, oh, you're all crazy, you're all nuts, you're all political, correct, rainbow flag wearing, no, 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 I don't do that. And in a way, I think that could be because... I don't really know. I honestly don't know. I know that, again, I do have some American listeners on the show, and I would love to have you on board. I would love to pick your brains. About this situation, please get in touch at, uh, at anchor, anchor.fm forward slash both sides KC. Please. If you, if, you want, if you want to be on the show, please get in touch. I would love this to be a recurring series about America in general because there's so much we can talk about. Definitely so much we can talk about. But back to it. No matter what your persuasion is, no matter what your side is, be it if you live in America or otherwise. Do you, really, do you feel the burning passion inside you to persuade the other half to think the way you think? If you do, good on you. But at the same time, don't go overboard. Don't start a fire when there's the need to start a fire. And I think that definitely raises the point of when it came to just how America's falling apart. It really is falling apart when it comes to identity. One part is trying to forget its its past, and one part is trying to preserve its past. We all thought that with the toppling of the statues last year. I mean, that that came over here, but that's a whole other matter. But over there, they're literally trying to erase their history. You go on. I've I've what was it? Um, Instagram a couple of weeks ago. I I looked at a post by that by literally a very neutral post by um Na- National Geographic talking about this monument on Stone Mountain. I think it's called Stone Mountain, was it Cold Mountain? I don't know. And it's basically a monument carved into a mountainside somewhere in America of uh, Confederate generals. I think it's Stonewall Jackson and a few others carved in the, in the rock face, a humongous ed- edifice. And... The post was literally very neutral, the post was literally just saying, look at this, this is a photographer paint took a picture. Obviously, like, they were trying to be a little bit, you know, neutral, just saying, obviously, with the whole thing going on, is controversial, but it's, they were just talking about the beauty of it. But as soon as you looked at the comments, I know it's the old hack thing, the comments, the comment section is like the pit of despair. And it really was. I I wasn't expecting it. I was just thought, okay, let's just see. I bet some persons, everybody was the same. Tear it down, tear it down. It Doesn't belong. We don't need it anymore. We don't need to know about the history anymore. That's history. It's not happening anymore. We can get rid of it. We can move on. And it's like that's not how you do it. I mean, obviously, yes, these guys are Confederates. They were pro-slavery, but don't you don't need to tear everything down because of it. I mean. This is your identity. This is your nation at the end of the day. No nation's perfect. Like, just look at Russia, for instance. Russia. They still have statues of Stalin. They have their statues of Stalin and Lenin draped around Russia. And they celebrate them like heroes. And I think, even though I do think a lot of them know the truth about what happened in those times in Soviet Russia, but they still have them there. And they don't, like... They don't just go tear it down, tear it down. We don't need any more. Bad Russian accent. (laughs) Too bad in one for this. They're not doing it. But then why is it over there? Why is it? Is it because there's this this entire generation who are very passionate, they're flared up by this political discourse? Tear it down, tear it down. And I saw one person saying no. And then he got lambasted with hate. This lamb bastard would, get out of here, Brr, you don't belong here, you're a, you're a Nazi. Literally everywhere. <laughs> and it was just like, oh my goodness, this is mob justice, well mob rule basically. And I think that's the way it's going, it's going that way and it's really horrible to see it. You see, I mean there's many instances of uh, when you see uh, both sides clashing together so I think for instance the biggest one I can think of at the moment um, particularly being around entertainment industry so you've got the uh, whole Gina Karana incident so she is a American um, boxer, or well, a fighter slash actress who was um, Cara Dune in the Mandalorian TV series which I would obviously recommend, fantastic series but because she held different views than what Disney held She was cancelled off the show, cancelled off all social media in that regard, and kind of just been depersonalised in a way, like just thrown off every single facet of the industry because she held a different opinion. And it's pretty horrible, it was a horrible thing to see because she wasn't being mean about it, she wasn't being horrible about it. She posted a particularly, it was controversial, but it wasn't evil. Just a comparison of what was going on. It's like silencing her, just being, you're silencing voices that aren't your own. And then because of that, she got cancelled off her show. And just completely, just zoned out of the zeitgeist, completely. And it was a horrible thing to say, because I think like, if that can happen to her, that can happen to anybody. Because she was big, she was a big act on the show. And it was just like, whoa. It's so dramatic. But it happens. And I think that just really, really got us to the whole idea of what's next. What can possibly happen next? And then it happened again. Not that, but just really bizarre circumstances. So when uh, Joseph Biden, or as many people call him Sleepy Joe Biden, because he is he is just, I don't know, I, I feel sorry for the man. He's 78 years old. He needs to see, He just needs to sleep. He's just, just he doesn't need, he shouldn't, I just, I don't know, I feel sorry for him. But anyway, so every year, America has this national day of prayer, all the way back to the founding fathers, I think, where there's a day dedicated to praying for the country. And obviously, right now, the pandemic, the shortages, the political discourse, prayer is essential right now for that country. And what does he do? What does he possibly mention? He omits God and he mentions racial justice. So one could definitely say that he favoured racial justice over God in a prayer. And the reactions obviously were what you'd expect. The left ignored it. The left didn't care about it. The Democrats didn't care about it. And the Republicans went furious they were proper angry about it to the point of where a prominent republican um preacher pastor was on tv live tv and he was asked to actually pray for the nation on tv and i was just like first all, i love that and you can find it on youtube just type in fox news national prayer and it's there and it's beautiful despite the context but at the same time it just showed off what that side of the the country just wants to do and they want to really just and they are shredding away at their culture because that's what they see is necessary for change and I think they've really used this pandemic to really fast track the notion of change and it it scares people it does scare people and I think this is coming from a neutral point of view it definitely is scary when change happens so rapidly that it will dissolve your entire country dissolve what it was famous what it was what it stood for what it stands for and what it will stand for and at the heart of it for a long time was the notion that it was a Christian country obviously it became more secular as time moved on but when it comes to a national day of prayer and you omit God from it, you know something's happening. It's intentional. And, yeah, it's very much of that side. Which is sad to see. It's very sad to see. But coming from a point of view of being an observer, you can see why they would do such a thing. So, yeah, America is in a bad place right now if you are there i do pray for you i do pray for your country because it is in need of many 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 saviors right now um if you aren't religious but you are still american god bless you and at the same time just i do really pray we do not we do not get your discourse over here we do not that that you're whole profile of discourse doesn't run amok around the world because I think right now when the pandemic unity is what we need unity is what we are striving for and right now it's something that we just don't have <laughs> definitely we, we, we don't need any more you know um, by well we don't need more partisan behavior so partisan is a term when this is one party so again see that I I don't know why yeah I've become quite an American historian you could say just I I understand American history and American society a lot more than I would think I would, but yeah, yeah I would definitely I definitely would re- recommend learning more about it if you're interested in it. The history is rich, it's beautiful, it's different to I think British history because our history spans for thousands of years, thousands of years of you know the age of kings and knights even backfires the Romans. But theirs goes back as far as natives who didn't really record the history. So, the um, moment of early recorded history was the Pilgrims Landing on Plymouth Rock. So, that was around 400 years ago. Probably more than, less than that, I don't know. So, their history is a lot more modern, it's a lot more contemporary. And there's a very fascinating history to learn about. So, I would urge everyone to really begin learning more about American history. So you can get your own grasp of what the nation really stands for. And what their identity is. Because otherwise we're just going to split into those two camps. And we're going to just be, you know, one side or the other. Favouring one side or the other. Not listening to one side or the other. Just widening the gap even more so. At a time when it's really not, really not a good idea right now. So yeah, I think that was a stir. It was a... Just a um, a brief talk, a brief insight into this whole crazy world we're living in right now. Um, if you do have questions, if you do have a, a burning need to really argue with me, or just a burning need to question, or just please be on the show. Um, Anchor. fm forward slash both sides KC. That's KC with K and C. Um, otherwise, check me out on Instagram, and please send me messages if you want. To. Otherwise, I have other ideas. For how the show can progress, it's not just gonna be me talking because I know that's not the most popular thing in the world to hear. But I do have I do have ideas brewing, evolving ideas. And please, if you do have any ideas, please send them to me. Um, this show keeps evolving; things will change. I might just work around a few ideas. Um, I think you can get gather by now that I am a Christian, so I would. It's gonna you're gonna get more Christian themed sort of. Uh, material and if you're not christian that's not any any intent to um what's the word i'm looking for ostracizing please stay this is not a conversion talk at all this is very much just a neutral standing point observer of the world that we are currently now at um and i would love to just you know to really explore like christianity more and the show it off to the world who don't really understand it. So I think that's the next thing that you're gonna see on the show is gonna be um I'm looking for a compilation of certain talks that I will have soon enough with friends and family of what Christianity is to them and what faith is what well, what they define as faith and it's gonna be a good talk. Um in the meantime, um yeah, that's what's gonna happen like further along. Not all Christian stuff, obviously. I've got some good um, good talks planned ahead. So please stay ahead. Please stay tuned. And again, uh, I do really much apologise for this delay. Um, it's been a very hectic few weeks. But I'm back in it now. Back in the game. i got my tea in my hand. Oh, it's cold. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm ready for it. And it's been a... A good start to the show. I'm um, thank you. thank you for everyone who's um been listening so far. I really didn't think I'd actually get anybody really listening to this, but I'm glad I do. And I see that it's growing. I've got audiences in Germany, Gortentag, um, Malaysia, America, and Britain. You know, as time goes on I get better at this. I'd love to hear from more countries. It'd be amazing. So yeah, um stay frosty. Uh keep safe. Au revoir enjoy the sun um I understand that a lot of people are in lockdown still around the world and if you are keep safe keep safe uh, find a hobby <laughs> and just you know uh, stay hopeful keep keep a positive eye on the, on the horizon and if you're not in lockdown particularly so Britain is not no longer we're not in the lockdown as we were uh keep safe be Mature your decisions. Don't do right. Then you don't do anything you wouldn't usually do. You know, don't don't break the rules too much. Um, but yeah, please enjoy your lives. Get out there, meet family and friends, be merry, be happy, and I will see you soon. Au revoir.